to the love. Welcome to Sex, Love, and Spirituality podcast, and this is your host, Doctor Love Alchemist. And on this episode, I'm going to speak with my special guest, Rhonda Johnson. Rhonda, you could introduce yourself. Hi, it's so great to be here. Um, I'm Rhonda, but some of you may know me as Wildflower the Astrologer. Um, I love that name. It resonates with a number one in numerology, so it gives me a lot of energy and a lot of power. So, um, yeah, that's how you can find me, Wildflower the Astrologer, on um, Instagram and things like that. Yeah, and Facebook. Uh, yes, Facebook. Um, on Facebook, I'm Rhonda Johnson, but we'll say like Wildflower in parentheses. Yes. And we're going over relationships, love, and astrology, and how these key components can help you find love and be compatible with the right person. Now, like the first key is to learn yourself and learning your love language. Yes. Yes. Now, can you explain um, what should someone look at their chart, like the main things they should look into? Uh, Yes. Um, Knowing your own personal chart is is very, very important, like you just said, because um, especially when we're young, we might just be a little scattered and experimenting, which is cool, you know, no judgment. But when it's time for a mature, stable relationship, knowing exactly who and what we want is super important. So, you know, that's that's part of your love language. And it's a couple of things in your astrology chart that you can look for um, that can kind of give you some indications of what your love language might be. And the, the first two things, the easiest things to look for is going to be your Venus and your Mars because your Venus is your divine feminine. So in um, a woman's chart, Venus is gonna represent who she is in a dating relationship, in a girlfriend, boyfriend type relationship. And in a man's chart, it's gonna represent what type of girlfriend he's looking for. And then, and when you go to Mars, that's gonna tell you what type of divine masculine this this person might be into and um the mars is also going to be who the guy is when he's dating when they get married those planets change to the sun and the moon but since we're talking like i feel like the uh, the energy of initial chemistry is is what we're gonna focus on i want to kind of keep it on um mars and venus yeah because i went over my own Mars and Venus and my Mars is in Capricorn and my Venus is in Virgo oh wow yeah so I could not be um, what I learned is it's really about the long term with me mm-hmm. and I value long term friendships and you know connections and right. even love and um, what's your rising sign? My rising is Capricorn. Okay, wow. Okay, so Capricorn rising. And that would make um, Virgo be your ninth house? Yeah, I want to say eighth house. Okay, let me throw a disclaimer. I use whole sign house system. Okay. 
yeah so depending on if class it is it might be eighth house but if i put it up post sign it would be like ninth house energy so that would also indicate that you would be interested in someone who who has a higher intellect or someone who's well-traveled well-versed in a few things someone with um, a high moral sense about themselves and even um, someone who was interested in some type of religion be it organized or, or not you know but some type of spiritual connection would have to be involved with this person yeah right on you like reading me <laughs> yeah that's what i do you're reading me like a book yeah. right and so yeah. there's a couple of more things you want to take into consideration so you know you said you're i don't have your chart in front of me but let me think this out since you're a capricorn rising that is going to put let me look at it just i just need a wheel in front of me mm-hmm. okay so capricorn rising that's going to put libra one two three in your 10th house yeah yeah it's libra in your 10th house and taurus is going to be in your six so you also want to keep in mind where's libra coming from i mean where's venus coming from she's coming from taurus and she's coming from libra so you want to add that into it too you said your venus is in capricorn no venus is in um virgo your venus is in virgo okay so when you look at your Venus coming from a Libra perspective, it's it's 12 houses away. So it's gonna carry some 12th house energy. There could be some secret romances that you had, um, especially with someone, maybe a professor or someone, you know, in a higher standing than you. Um, there could also be some foreign relation or people when I say foreign they don't necessarily have to be from a different country they could be like east coast west coast type yeah yeah just brought up different um type of energy coming from it but there's also some secrets you could have dated someone who may have had some psychological issues or some things hidden about themselves that you didn't find out till later about the marriage um I said marriage okay okay well I'll just rock with it um later into the situation you didn't find out some things and it could have been some 12th house things like i said depression drugs self self-isolation self-imposed prison that could have been Mm. some themes of the relationship and then when you look at um venus coming from a taurus perspective they square each other yeah so since they um no they actually try each other Taurus and and Virgo trying each other so that could have been an easy flow of energy trying energy is like big lucky energy but it could also um, it could also not challenge for growth Mm. and you have you have well no that's that's the transit let me get off the transit chart (laughs) right now there's a transit in Taurus so you know that all of that is connecting to you know and what you might need but that's just off the dome you know with no aspects involved yeah and that's that's like incredible that you just could just break that down i need to look into the whole charts yes and what's the difference between like the whole and the other one well um i do use placidus and that in placidus system is what you like if you pull up you go to astro.com or anything 
That's yeah. going to be the traditional one. And I do use it for different details. Okay. But when I'm trying to, um, when I'm doing predictions or when I'm doing, um, if I just want to move faster, whole sign house system, it works better for me because it gives each house 30 degrees. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of easier to count aspects because, you know, with Placidus, some houses may only be like 15 degrees. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now I see. Yeah. Now I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just equals it all out. Mm-hmm. And and when I'm noticing, no matter what chart you look at, it kind of plays all the same. Yes, yes, I do think I do feel like it's all valid. Yeah, it's just all about interpretation. It's about style. You know, it's preference at this point. Yeah, it's all preference. Mm-hmm. So when you meet, like, say, if I'm interested in someone. What would I look chart if I want to um, know their love language? Okay, well, before we get to knowing somebody else's love language, mm-hmm. can we talk about knowing our own? Yeah. Yeah, like, because I think really knowing our own is super important because it helps us say some time for one. Yeah. You know, it, just the search game. So if we look at where our Mars and Venus is placed, it can give us a big clue. Of course, aspects always play a major point. So this ain't gonna be spot on for everybody, but this could be a general. So just real quick, I'm gonna give some like buzzwords for Mars and Venus going through each sign. And so I'm gonna, we gonna start with Aries. And this is also gonna be relevant if we got first house energy. So it could be Virgo in the first house or Capricorn in the first house. And it's still gonna have a little of this bite to it that Aries is gonna have. So um, if Venus or Mars is in Aries, it's gonna um, be sparky, very spontaneous. Um, They're gonna always wanna do something different. You know, it's gonna be a very powerful, sometimes immature because Aries energy, Mars energy, it can be very impulsive. So you gotta be ready to go on that ride. And you know, mm. Aries is the baby, the first house, it, you know, it's the, the immature part of the heart. <laughs> it, it is. is. It really is. It just it's jumps like, into things. It, it's like primal energy. So, you know, even they they are very turned on by what they see. So, you know, like sending nudes and things like that. That's an Aries thing. That's yeah. a house mars and and venus type of thing so you know some of those people they might be very athletic you know very thin or slim build um but a whole lot of energy with that mm. that person so you got to kind of keep up if you want to deal with someone with those types of placements yeah yeah and then if we move it on to the second house of taurus energy you're gonna slow it down a whole lot Mm-hmm. You know, um, like Aries, let me back up with Aries real quick because they're quick to jump into something. Like, if you look good and all of that other stuff, they might jump into something with you, but they just as quick to jump out. Yeah, they just so, yeah, drop you one day, like it could just be about the sex and then mm-hmm. just leave you. Yes, yes, it's very primal. You know, like if it, if the sex gets boring or if it gets routine, you know, yeah. they they can be out so it really has to be something else going on and usually um those those people both men and women they may marry later in life because they got to get all of that out you know they got to have a couple of mars or venus returns before they kind of slow it down a little bit oh that makes sense with some people Mm -hmm. and i'll hardly meet aries risings really 
I, yeah, I rarely meet them. I'm an Aries rising. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. So you're the opposition. <laughs> no, we actually square. And we'll get to squares. We'll, we'll okay. talk about aspects, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, aspects are spicy. So don't, don't throw Yeah, we got it. We'll get to that. Oh. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, let's go to let's go to second house and, and Taurus energy. That energy is gonna slow down a, a lot from from um, Aries because Taurus and second house energy it wants stability. Mm-hmm. It also likes it likes material things, you know, things that it can show off. So you know, Taurus energy it can be a little materialistic, and when I say that, I don't say it in a negative condensation in any way because it just is what it is yeah the second house is the money house yeah about gathering gathering material things so that energy may want a partner who can provide those things Mm. yeah so yeah you know i want to i don't want to throw the gold digger term around (laughs) but it is it it is and i and i don't want to i wouldn't want anyone who who had those placements to feel any kind of way because it really might validate some yeah. people. It's like you know why do I only want to date a baller because you got all of this second house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's so, in you. Mm-hmm. And some people may because I used to be very judgmental. So I'm grateful for astrology for helping me be like, if hey, if I really feel like this, I'm I am my chart. How am I supposed to judge somebody who got a loaded second house? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, embrace yourself and go get your stuff. <laughs> yeah, go get it, and don't fight against it. Pretty much, but also, um, and not in in on a not so materialistic way. Taurus people, like Taurus women, may be very curvy. Well, Taurus men may be curvy too. Mm-hmm. You know, little yeah. fluffy, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's attractive to to that energy. And mm-hmm. they also um, may be very good cooks because you know Taurus like to snack and things like yeah. that. So, that could be something that Tauruses would do as a date, cook together or things of that nature. Um, these people would be slower to get into a relationship, but once they're there, they're there. And especially when those material things come back into play, you know, if they got a house together and all this other stuff, ain't nobody going nowhere. Yep, nobody <laughs> going. They staying in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no matter what's going on in a situation, they really may be slow to enter and exit relationships yeah and that kind of too it's funny mm, depending on we'll get to that we'll yeah. get to that i won't give i won't give we'll get to cancer mm-hmm. okay so um now we're gonna go to third house and um gemini energy and mm. third house energy is very it's it's i still call it immature because mercury <laughs> is and, and i don't say it in a negative way because I got, I'll share with you. I have my Mars in Gemini. So okay. it's very funny, you know? So if you can make me laugh, it's like, okay, let's talk. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, but using that Mars and Gemini charm is, mm-hmm. is my thing, you know? So, you know, people with the gift of gab, um, yeah. poets or authors and things of that nature, someone who they could have different types of conversations with. Um, on lots of different things, but not too deep with Gemini. Oh, not too deep? Or... Not too deep with Gemini. Oh. Because Gemini likes, it's so curious about so many different things. It really doesn't have the time to dive deep. Oh. Yeah. Gemini's I thought they love deep. Curious. Huh? Oh, I'm just going over um, the Gemini and the um, Sagittarius aspect. It's funny. 
Okay. Okay. And and th- again, this also depends on where it's placed. And this, because I'm speaking of like Gemini energy or third house energy. Yeah. You got to mix and match it. If it's Gemini in the ninth, they may want to explore deeper, but still not too deep. I mean, it's still Gemini. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, they're not going to go deep on one thing. It might be two or three things. Yeah. And, okay. And so... Yeah, and with that being said, when you're dealing with relationships, Jim and I may like to have two or three different types of relationships at the yep. same time because they have different needs and things. And you know, I I really, really understand where it comes from when I understand the Gemini energy. Yep. Like some parts of them, they want that fun, immature, funny person that they can mm-hmm. like take road trips with yep. and explore all of these things. But on the other hand, Gemini does need a sign that's kind of predictable, kind of orderly when you throw in the little Virgo energy with it. It, it needs to be able to come home and know that things are going to be a certain way. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. Um, yeah, so that's a little. Yeah, that could be hard for us regular folks to keep <laughs> up with. But I know the Gemini. I like. I love that Gemini energy because I have a lot of Gemini in me as well. Like my Chiron mm-hmm. is Gemini, and my Lilith is Gemini. So mm-hmm. those are the things that I kind of appreciate. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, you you like you said, you appreciate that in a in a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and and I'll throw in before I move on to Cancer, um, Gemini energy is some of the energy that could explore polyamorous yeah. relationships. Yeah, they and they really might be happy. You know, it's society that might frown on it, but when it comes to your personal happiness, like my theory is, if you ain't got nothing on my light bill. <laughs> your opinion really don't matter. So. <laughs> really don't care. Yeah, really, really don't. don't care. So yeah. All right. Um, now we're gonna go to fourth house energy or cancer energy. My sign. Okay. Okay. So uh, let me start with Mars because like Mars is how we take action, and I kind of hinted hinted on that with some of the other signs. You know, be spontaneous with Aries and mm-hmm. cooking and making. You know, building material wealth with Taurus, and you know, like poets or sweet talking and things of that nature in Gemini. But in Cancer, you know, Mars is completely out of its element. Mm. So Mars may have a difficult time expressing its aggression in okay. in Cancer. And, and Venus does a lot better in Cancer, but Venus rules over the senses. So seeing, tasting, feeling, and things of that nature. So Venus can go a little bit overboard. Oh. In Cancer. So my, my humble opinion about those two energies in Cancer is emotional maturity. It's very, very key. You know, knowing how, because sometimes Mars and and Cancer energy, it could be taught that, you know, expressing anger or aggression can be, if that's bad or or something along that line. People get hurt when you do that, but they just found a healthy way to express their anger. It could be through Tai Chi. It could be through running. It could be through um, um, home decorating or Bob the Builder type stuff, you know? Mm -hmm things of that nature you could really tie in some of the aspects that you know taking action in the home you that could be a, a police officer or a, mm-hmm. you know um someone in the military yeah. nature a defender of the home 
tell install installing security cameras. Oh, <laughs> protective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I so, heard in that in that um I heard in that placement they could like have low energy as well sometimes. Yes, yes, because Mars is a fire sign. You know, it's mm-hmm. a fire energy, and Cancer is water. Mm. So you know, when you just think about the elements that you're blending together, that could also give you a clue as to what type of energy. You know, it steam still burns, but mm-hmm. it ain't no fire. It ain't no yeah. Yeah, so you know that Mars would have to find healthy healthy ways to kind of express its anger and emotion because it's you blow up yeah and and you could also you know it, it's it kind of messes with your psyche too it's your masculine energy so if this is a man's chart this could really be emasculating to him if he doesn't find a healthy way to mm-hmm. express those and um, I've known women with like heavy Venus or Venus in Cancer or heavy Venus in the fourth house who like squeezed little animals to death. Wow. So it can be so smothering. <laughs> it can be so smothering. I mean, it's, it's not, it's funny, but it's not funny. Because when I used that example in a class, this lady was like, oh my God, I did that. Oh, it's wow. too <laughs> But yes, they can be very very nurturing and it's nurturing and some people you know they need that but some people need need room to grow need room to expand that that's the mom who doesn't want their child to you know ever scrape a knee and things of that nature just super protective the only child could have asthma it's like okay you can't never go outside that type of energy could be present with with that and then they could want to mother their want to mother their mate Okay. Yeah. And, That's and, it, and and it could be, you know, on one way, if y'all into that, you yeah. know, that's that's perfectly cool. But on other ends, depending on the aspects, your mom was trying to tell you what to do. She was like, pick <laughs> pick your shoes up. Yeah. You know, what type of mothering are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's it's a very beautiful energy when it's emotionally mature. When okay. it can speak up for exactly what it wants and how it wants it, or you know, it can it can create boundaries when things aren't when things are how it needs to be. Like for example, let's say we have someone with those placements dating a Sagittarius. Yeah. And a Sagittarius wants to they want to travel and do all of this other stuff. But cancer's pretty private, you know, mm-hmm. it likes to be at home and it likes to be comfortable at home and everything, but you know, the Sag is like, babe, let's go. And they like, okay, you know, just because they, they want to make their mate happy. Yeah. But, but when they get there, they le- sitting in a corner looking stank in the face. True. When mm. they really could have just stayed at home. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just, you know, they're always wanting to agree with the adventurous Sag babe. As opposed to saying, you know, hey, I'm, I, I kind of like to be at home. Let's, let's watch. Let's Netflix. Let's let's Netflix 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 Netflix. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. And, or you just go with your buddies or something. But they, you know, they may not speak up out of you know insecurity, fear of rejection, things of that nature. So again, I, I say my best advice for Cancer energy is emotional maturity. It's saying boundaries. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Um, 
Leo. Leo, yeah. Venus and Leo, Mars and Leo. And like Leo in the fifth house energy, it's very creative. It's outgoing. It's spontaneous. It's pretty shallow too. I can say Ooh. that. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's like a, I even say like the, the fifth house has a theme song. It's like no scrubs. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> For real, because Leo in the fifth house energy is about shining. Yeah. You know, it's about pride. It's about showing off. So Leo in fifth house energy, it likes to make that it can show off. A mate that is proud of that it could brag about, you know, something. Yeah, and can't so, hold me back. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, like they, they like they don't like to be held back or no. like slow down. No, no, and that could be the downfall of that. Mm. You know, if you get if you if you're dating the superstar, um, you then they might outshine you. Yeah. Yeah, and so like this your chart. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know that that could be the thing, but they they like um, authentic people because you know cancer is very intuitive. It's mo- probably the most intuitive sign, so that's why I didn't even go into that. Like everybody know cancer feel everything. Yeah, but you got to be in touch with your feelings. Like that's what this is about. But uh, Leo is also very intuitive. Fifth house energy is also very intuitive, and it could just it can like you know it can smell the BS a mile away. So it's about authenticity yeah you know the sun rules over leo in the fifth house so that sun it shines on it puts a light on whatever it it's it's over so it, if it's super dope greatness or if it's bs they don't know yeah don't know so keep that in mind when dealing with heavy fifth house energy how about mars um, same thing with Mars. Um, they they might be a little cocky, you know. That's some some super machismo energy, you know, <laughs> like bragging about. I used to play football yeah. and all this other athletic, creative. They might be. It could be someone also like in theater or acting, but someone who's known. Definitely cocky. Okay. You know, definitely some big energy about them, and yeah. that's gonna be with kind of any planet. And um in leo but when you're dealing with these two and it comes to dating they're gonna want to date uh you know probably like a trophy wife you know oh that, yeah <laughs> yeah that picture even though they don't have these placements but it's a picture of, like will smith and jada pika and yeah he got like his arms out like look at her look at my yeah baby. that's some leo that's on leo yeah that's some mars and leo type of stuff like yeah that's me type of energy that's funny because i'm thinking about what you're saying and my Mercury's in Leo. Mm-hmm. And it always, I kind of direct a lot of things back to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, that's your talent. You yeah. think about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now let's go to six house energy, six house in Virgo. And this could be a tough one. But as far as like, you can meet someone at the job. Mm hmm. Uh, with these energies but um this could be a tough one because virgo and success energy is very critical right. it's very analytical and so it's going to be that way and critical and analytical translates to nitpicky yeah yeah so um and it's going to be that way kind of with partners they're going to um criticize you know like 
So let's say your partner makes this meal and is they everybody brag on their Alfredo sauce. It's the dopest Alfredo sauce since Alfredo sauce been made. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and the first thing you say is like, well, my mom used to put green onions on it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but that's what they do. You know, they'll criticize mm-hmm. things before they even get a chance to actually experience it. Yeah. And in the defense of the sixth house, in the defense of the Virgo energy, it's it's about the delivery because they're analyzing and criticizing so they can find room for improvement, find ways to improve the situation. Yeah. And so, I would encourage Virgos to stop looking for room of improvement and enjoy the moment. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And what would be their what what would be their love language, like their self love language? consistency predictability things that they don't have to analyze like mm-hmm. if if the date is at six o'clock be there at 5 59 <laughs> yeah yeah and it could be it could be a tough one because um virgo needs validation you know it needs um it needs approval mm-hmm. and so i encourage that that energy to find things else outside of their partner yeah that they can get or seek approval on or things that they can analyze. Um, you know, astrology is always dope because it's so much to study and so much to, you know, you take thousands of notes. So you got to keep all of this in order, but it's so many things that you can dive into, but it has to be that person's choice. Of course, yeah. you know, um, depending on one person is, is going to be an unhealthy choice. So, you know, depending on one person for compliments, for reassurance, for, any of those things that a low vibrating Virgo might need from a partner could drive that partner away. Yes, I've seen I've seen so many Virgos mm-hmm. <laughs> self destruct, yeah. self um, self criticize, self sabotage things. Yes. Wow. And and it could they could really they could literally and I'm saying I almost say we I got a Virgo move. Mm-hmm. Um, we could literally nitpick our way out of the best situation we've ever had trying to seek better perfection. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, there might be something better out there. Right. Right. Like, this is your 80% person. Yeah. Don't look for 100%. Right. Crapped out with 20. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's very, it, it could be rough. And it could also hinder a Virgo from um, making a decision. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, weighing the pros and cons and making that list. Yeah. Throw away the list, Virgo. Yeah. Throw, throw away the list. <laughs> that list is dangerous. It, it really is. That Especially if you have not experienced, and this goes for all the signs. You yeah. have experienced your you know, around 29, 27, not mm-hmm. before the Saturn return, like a good, strong Venus return around mm-hmm. that 27th year. You don't know what you want. Mm. It changed. It changed. Because if you look at your crush from middle school, they may not be, you might <laughs> not be attracted to anything. Like, even if you remember that person, yeah but at, back in the day when you was 12 or 13 you couldn't tell nobody about you couldn't say nothing about this person mm-hmm. yeah because so, crushes came back to me and I looked at them differently I don't want them anymore and some I did want 
while I was still like younger, mm-hmm. like from high school, one came back around when I was like 20 something and we hooked up. I was like, okay. Cause we, we, it's like you liked them, but you never said anything. And then we older, you said something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, what happened with me. Yeah. And that could be, you know, your, that Venus re- matured. Maturing, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, could have been making some aspects to Mars, getting some little juice to her. Yeah. So, you know, any, any and everything could have happened in your chart to bring that opportunity back. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna look back at people's charts and see and compare them. Do that. That's very interesting. Even if you don't have their birth time, do that. You will start seeing patterns that's gonna surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. And and that'll help you understand your love language too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to Libra. Um, Libra or seventh house energy, Mars and Venus there. Of course, you know, Venus, she rules over Libra, so she's at, she's happy and at home there. But Mars, not so much. You know, that's mm. it's, it's, it's in fall there. You know, Ooh. it has no strength because Mars is it's a spontaneous, it's a leader energy. Yeah. And Libra is a partnership. So, you know, you can't lead <laughs> in a partnership. Yeah. Type energy, um, but Venus, she can be extra there. Oh, yeah, she can because um, Libra is such a social sign. It's not just your personal relationships; it's your interaction with the public, um, your business partnerships, and things of that nature. So Venus, she may want to be very social. Double dating and having everybody all up in y'all business and stuff like that could be an energy that a Venus and Libra energy might have. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mars and Libra, um, Mars, it, it, it acts kind of like it does in Cancer because it can't function like it's supposed to. You know, it does a little bit better in Virgo because it, yeah. it, it, it can lead the organization. Yeah. You know, things of that nature, but it, it has a hard time expressing itself. So, like for Mars people to get that aggression out, I know this is a little off subject, but like go work out with a partner, you okay. know, go, things of that nature. But um, physically doing things with the partner, showing some type of action and aggression and emotion, physically doing things, even if it's just painting or going dancing, those are Ooh. still physical things to do um, with that Mars person. But I have to say, because, you know, got to be real with it all. All right. Um, Libra is not popularly known for this, but Libra is one of the violent signs in the Zodiac. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, like Aries, Aries is, and you know, that might be a little bit more understandable. It's all spontaneous and hot-headed and hot-tempered and impulsive. But Libra, on its lowest vibration, Libra can be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it may not, and then let's sprinkle some Mars up in there. Yeah. This Mars is going to aggressively try to find that balance and harmony. It's mm. going to fight for balance and harmony by any means necessary. We're going to have some peace up in here. <laughs> that would tear something up. <laughs> right. But when that Mars and Libra has done everything, they've held the conversations, they mm-hmm. did the social interaction, yeah. they fought for the peace at home, and you still tripping? Not even fighting? It, it might not go well. 
you know, of course, depending on the rest of the chart. Yeah. So, yes, you know, I would like for people to keep in mind, you know, Libra is not all peace signs. It, it can nope. really, yeah, it, when it's on that low vibe and it doesn't yeah. have everything it felt like it could do, yeah, it's going to cut Because out. it got a little bit of all the areas. Like, yeah. every sign got a little bit of the, you know, the opposite of it. So mm-hmm. it got that little bit of areas in it. Mhm. Mhm. So yeah, um but you know on the but the highest vibration very harmonious, very mm-hmm. it could be that could be a very sexy Mars if mm. they was if they wanted to dance and you know or like, or do seductive. some type of Yes, yes, some type of physical seduction with a partner. I mean, it's not my thing, but maybe strippers and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> that might be something that yeah. they, they might. Right, right, right. And speaking of strippers, let's go ahead and move on to the eighth house. Okay. <laughs> let's move on to Scorpio in let's the eighth go. house. Yeah, because um, when, when it comes to dating and relationships and sex and romance, they don't get no, no sexier <laughs> than the eighth Scorpio. Yeah, the Scorpio, then the eighth house. It's all mysterious and things like that. So when you sprinkle in a little bit of Mars or a little bit of Venus, it's gonna get super intense because it's already intense on its own. Yeah. You know? Um, those two ruling planets, Mars and Pluto, are that's like atomic bombs and and bad kids just running around oh. <laughs> tearing up stuff. Dang. Just out of control, right? Out of control. <laughs> so you know when you when you add the passion and the sexual drive of, mm-hmm. of Mars in there, it could be very, very intense. Wow. Yeah, on its highest vibration, like super dope bomb sex. You oh. know, very passionate. Um, it's like emotionally tuned because psych- uh, Scorpio is so psychic. You know, it's so... Um, it, it wants to literally intertwine. Yeah, into with souls yeah yeah it wants to blend souls i got a poem about that <laughs> it's kind of cool but yeah it's um entanglements and i wrote yeah. that years ago like i hate saying it now because like entangled oh, yeah but that's the name of the piece it's called entangled i'll send you it after um after we get finished i'll send you the video it's cool yeah. and it's okay. funny it's funny because i i was like years ago i did speak to someone with this placement Hello? Do you hear me? Yeah, it just went blank just for a second. Yeah, I, I was dealing with, I was speaking to someone and I can feel their energy pulling on my energy. Yes. It was like a pull. I'm like, it was kind of like possessiveness. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Well, we'll get to the low vibe in a minute. All right. <laughs> Yeah, in a minute we will get to the low vibration of it. Um, and then if you want to throw some Venus in, you know, you also want to put the intensity on the senses. Okay. So when they start feeling somebody, it's intense. Mm-hmm. When they miss, when they crave, when they want to be around, it's intense. And so I like to dub Venus, especially in Scorpio, stalker placements. Yeah because they will go out to find they will seek they will drive around the block look venus and scorpio are in the eighth house they they are the ones who make the fake social media profiles and create other illusions to (laughs) 
see who and what you are doing at all wow. times. Yeah. And that works for some people, you know. Um, there's a live couple, real real people who, you know, he's five minutes late. She He got called and text and she taking his in his active heart rate and you know they do all kinds of insanity well i'll i'll say it's it's extreme to me i don't want to call it insanity i want to label it but they'll go through all kinds of extremes but he loved her like that wow you know i don't know what i think he has some cancer stuff she has some scorpio stuff it worked yeah it worked so i ain't got nothing on their life bill yeah if it it meshes it meshes yeah, it really, really does. So, you know, for that energy, it, I, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, it's just so crazy or it's just so bad. There is, there are people out there who, who you can, who do, who can do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> who can text like that? Who can text and drive and, you know, report home? And, but there are just some people who, who can't. Yeah, they and don't so, like that. Yeah, and so, you know, on its low, and this is low vibe, Scorpio, at this point, you know, this high vibration Venus, you know, she's super sexy, Mm -hmm. she's, you know, that's like tantric sex up in there, all kinds of kinkeries and Fifty Shades of Zane is going on. Tying up. Right. Yes, yeah, Whips and Chains is more Virgo, I probably should have mentioned that. (laughs) Look, I'm showing my Virgo well, if since we go in there, I'll, I'll go back to Virgo and talk about it. There's some kinkery up there, but with Virgo, it's a trust thing. Okay. You know, once once you build a trust, Virgo will go there. Yeah. You know, you can tie them up, and that takes mad trust. So, ESM <laughs> and all of that, yeah. that's Virgo stuff to do. It might be like Virgo in the eighth house, but, you know, that could be some, some stuff that they would be into. Yeah. Once found their ultimate trusting partner. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, back up to Venus, you know, up there in Scorpio. Again, very sexy, very in tune to her partner's needs. And this is both male or female's chart. I'm saying her as in Venus energies. All right. Um, yeah, but she's, Venus will be in tune to the partner's needs and exactly what they need to feel good. And they'll want to give it more and more and more because it's so intense. Wow. So, yeah, so... Um, you know, on its highest vibration, again, super sexy, super, super sexy, super kinky, if that's what you went to, its lowest vibration, super stalkery, very jealous, very possessive, you mm-hmm. know, because they don't want to let go of that intensity. Oh, okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yes. So, right. So, how about Mars? Well, same thing with Mars, you know, Mars is going to want, they might be like into painful sex and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hey, you know, I don't, I don't know, I ain't into it, but hey, don't knock yeah. it. You know, they they might be, um, Mars is still going to have a very intense relationship, but it's going to be kind of, Mars isn't as fiery in, in uh, Scorpio, so on a high vibe, it's going to be more calculated. Because mm. Yeah, Mars in Scorpio, it carries the feminine side of of the Mars energy. So yeah. it's still aggressive, you know, it's still going to be the initiator, but it may be, it's not going to be as roar as, as you know, the ram. It's going to be more, I, I'm going to initiate once I figure out how to win you. 
It's mm. like a more a calculated warrior. That's very interesting. Yes. Yes. I kind of seen that behavior a lot. That's funny. Yeah, that's how they do. That's how they do. You sneaking. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very secretive. So, you know, this could be secretive relationships or, you know, hidden third party type situations mm. with Scorpio. And that's another level of intensity. Yeah. The fear of getting caught. And so, you know, on a low vibe fighting, it's also intense. That's also a level of intensity. So some couples, you know, it's like they fight every other weekend. I don't know why y'all always together. They kind of dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah, they, they, and again, that's a hard one for me not to judge. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they, they do, they kind of dig that. It could be the, the intensity of the makeup. Yeah. Sex is dope. They like that excitement. Right. And so, the, you know, the, the, the worse the fight, the more intense the, the, the makeup is Right. Yeah. Right. But it's, that can be very toxic. Yeah. Very very toxic very dark so uh, all you know in this highest vibration like if these two people if they was in a, into the occult they can practice like tantric sex and things yeah. like that. it could be dope but yeah. you know ain't, ain't neither one of them going nowhere it's it could get ugly if somebody try to split that union up. but that the soul snatcher yes yes, yes. <laughs> that could be something like that yeah yeah all right, um, we can go to the ninth house. Um, oh, let me say something else about Scorpio yeah. before we before we go, because um, I personally and a lot of people used to, they would give Scorpio those energies, especially Venus and Mars energy, the reputation yeah. of being like out there, promiscuous, and all of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as much promiscuous as searching for that intensity trying mm. to feel that need of intensity and so sometimes one person or one situation they just may not be as intense in any way or in the way that that Scorpio needs oh. so they'll go, they'll go look for what their soul really really needs someplace else it just sucks that you know in that process sometimes people get hurt okay yeah so you know it's some, again with a water sign emotional maturity you could throw that up there with Scorpio by saying, okay, hey, babe, I need a little bit more or I need this or I need that. And it's that as opposed to stepping outside of the situation. Yeah. And I can see how that could run people off. Yeah. It could be too intense for them. Right. And they're like, no, this is too much. But they just run. But either way, that person's not for you. Yeah. And, and it might stink, but you know. Yeah. So don't waste your time with trying to force you know a circle into a square peg yeah yeah makes sense it makes Mm -hmm. sense all right so um sagittarius and ninth house energy yeah very fun um this is not a monogamous sign (laughs) (laughs) that could be intense too let me tell you it could be intense yeah they can be because um they Sagittarius likes to explore so many different things and have so many different experiences. That's yeah. why they may not be the most monogamous mm-hmm. when it comes to personal relationships. Um, but they could be a whole lot of fun. Okay. Um, they could be, you know, very religious. You could learn a lot of things from them, explore a lot of things. So, you know, it's it's a fire sign. So keeping up with that energy, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna have to have that passport or 
you're going to have to be, you know, willing to know that your, your partner is gone for across wherever for a month or so. And they're gonna yeah. be, you got to be that secure in a relationship when you're dealing with a Sagittarius. You got to be fun, too. You got to oh, like yeah. keep up with the fun and you can't be yeah. boring. Right, right. Initiating things like teaching the Sag something is a real turn mm. for them. Mm. You know, if you can bring some type of higher learning, higher knowledge to the table, you know, that's it's, it's a fire sign, but it's it's a very mental energy, you know, it's a cross from Gemini. So, um, you know, it could be even what college you went to could be impressive to them. Of course, you got to bring the pain afterwards, but, yeah. you know, a, a good conversation or, or good, you know, dropping some super dope knowledge no. on a Sagittarius is, is a really good turn off for them. Yeah. Like that mental, the mental mm-hmm. game is like, turn me on mentally. Right. Very sapiosexual energy. Yeah. And have fun with me. Uh-huh. Don't be t- too serious. Yeah. yeah, not too serious all the time. You know, yeah. still fire. It is not deep. <laughs> not deep. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that's the that's the party sign too, you know. Yeah. They they want to experience it all, and and that's why like for Sagittarius is waiting till later in life to get married might mm. be a better decision as opposed to doing it young because y'all gotta do stuff. <laughs> y'all gotta explore. Really, really, and and there ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Nope. You know, that's like so by the time you've had a Saturn return or whatever, and you're ready to move into the next stage of your life you know what you want yeah as opposed to spending your 20s faking it yeah <laughs> yeah so do you Sag yeah big time and that's both male and female you know Mars and um, Venus energy um, the Mars guys the Mars energy might be a little bit more aggressive mm. um, when it comes to dating um different types of people okay and i can see it might be overly like, yes yes and that venus is gonna explore until she finds something that she like and then she gonna stay okay right yeah i dealt with that song i dealt with that on um, venus um sag placement mm-hmm. it was like you gotta like keep up with them yes you gotta really keep up with them they don't like the same old things they like mm-hmm. they really like fun mm-hmm. yeah all right so now we're gonna move to capricorn and 10th house energy mm-hmm. uh venus and mars and cap it's like the capricorn and 10th house energy is about status <laughs> it, it's big boss energy so <laughs> i would throw no scrubs up with 10th house too yeah yeah because um it's it's this is longevity and if we gonna be together no scrubs yeah <laughs> so someone with goals um you know uh, maturity is is a thing it's it's about age sometimes but i think for a lot of people especially you know depending on exactly what house mm-hmm. capricorn sits in but if it's 10th house up there you know um they might really the maturity is more important than the actual number of um, oh. business owners. Yeah, you know, someone who's stable, someone who looks like they're gonna be and do and conduct themselves accordingly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they got those old school kind of standards about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but the dope thing about um, 
Venus, both Venus and Mars, is they age slow. Yeah. Because I look young. Because yeah, I, I look young and my Mars is Capricorn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But your rise, you said Capricorn rising though. Yeah. Yeah. Your physical body ages slow. So, like aspects to the sun, things of that nature to the rising sign, um, they could age. Like, look at Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My about to turn fifty-one. Oh, she's a Capricorn, right? Or yeah, she's a Capricorn. So you know they may um, be late bloomers. You know, yeah. so it, like it, in high school, they may not have dated or gotten attention and things of that nature mm-hmm. because they were late bloomers. Yeah. Yeah, just slow to step into that that age. So you know those planetary returns, Venus and Mars returns, are going to be really important for the Capricorn rule crew. That Saturn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Saturn return is like really a blossoming time for those um those two energies. Yeah. Like, don't play yeah. Right. Yeah. Do not play. <laughs> but yes, stability and longevity are, are really important for them. But with those with those energies, with Mars and Venus there, they can get complacent. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially like Let's say it's a stat a status thing that's involved. Yeah, it's just status. The the actual marriage is trash, but the st- everybody think it, it looks good from the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they may stay. Ooh, um, because it's Saturn. It's slow, so they may stay in a relationship past its expiration date, and the relationship can also become a burden. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Um, with, with Saturn energy, uh, Venus in, um, or Capricorn or 10th house energy, they're slow to get into this situation because it's supposed to be long-term. It's supposed to be traditional and it's supposed to um, be a reflection of my status. But again, once it gets there, it could be very, very happy because it took its time. It yeah. took its time. But when you rush it before that Saturn return, especially y'all, <laughs> yeah. Trouble. Ooh, yeah, trouble. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, I also like when I do my readings, I describe Saturn. I call him granddad. Granddad mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a mean old granddaddy who gonna like pop you every time you step out of line. Yeah. Get back in line. Right. And then you know you done got grown. You don't cross the line. Oh, granddad, you can't pop me no more. I'm 23 years old. I'm going to get married. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, go ahead and get married. Granddad going to come through and he going to whoop you like you stole something. Stole something. And send you back on your way. You're like, yeah. I'm sorry. And then and then ask you, what did we learn? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to just go through this. You're not going to just get this whooping. You're going to get this whooping and this lesson. Yeah. So, you know, if you know people around, you know, the age of 28 to 30 and they getting divorced, get DUIs, yeah, get fired, crazy. yes, yes, Saturn return. Saturn return, don't play. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the, um, what's the, like the downside of like Capricorn Venus? Um, well, the downside, again, is like staying in relationships past their expiration. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, just that long. You you don't want to leave it because, like I said, status because of um, complacency, because of the material wealth or gain. Yeah. You don't want to look bad. Chapter. You don't want to look bad. Yes, y'all want to look bad. Um, yeah, those could be the the things. But you know, like I said, you could be attracted to people in power. You can meet someone at at the at work. You can be dating a boss or mm-hmm. have very public relationships. When you're dealing with tenth house energy, that's the top of the chart. So you know, you can have a public relationship. It could be all beautiful and you yeah. Know, and then you, but when the breakup happens, it's gonna be public too. Yeah, everything's gonna be public. Yeah, everything is gonna be public about um, about the situation. So very, very um, reality TV with those placements up there. So you know, um, focusing on other aspects of the tenth house are very important when it comes to those things. Because like on a low vibe, you can like sleep with your boss or sleep your way to the top. <laughs> you know, think yeah, yeah. yeah. And you get exposed for those things. Oh, so, yeah. Sleep away to the top. Yeah, it was true. <laughs> stuff that happened. Yeah, like what can I get out of this? What can I? Uh... Um, promotions and favor. Um, you know, passes, all kinds of stuff. I was in the military. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Aquarius and eleventh house energy. That's another polyamorous energy. Off the of top. course. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Like Aquarius is the sign of divorce. Oh. So, <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and it's like, you know, divorce, if you think about where Aquarius is at its core, it's very forward thinking. And divorce is a forward thinking concept. Yeah. You know, back in the day, they was going, it was rotted. I was very Capricorn. Yeah. Know, nobody went nowhere. But. Aquarius will go against the grain, you know, they might shack up. Um, this is where like alternative relationships, same sex relationships and, and things of that nature may fall into place when you got eleventh house or Aquarius energy. Yeah. With your Venus and Mars. Um, yeah. it'll it'll be something different. You know, it could be something as small as like, um, I'm a girl and I'm five foot three, but I only date guys that's like six, seven. Okay. You know, just something really, really weird about the situation or, or unique. Let's, let's use the word unique. Yeah. Unique. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's less aggressive, but, yeah. um, something unique about the relationship, but they like the quirky. Um, they like the unexpected. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Aquarius also needs its space from those things. Yeah. So that person would have to be understanding. Because, again, you know, it's about freedom. Yeah. So, they love their freedom. Mm-hmm. You take your trips with your homies. I'm taking my trips with my girls. And, yeah. you know, we'll see each other in about two weeks. That might really work for Aquarius relationships. Or, you know, people in the military or people in um, relationships with, like, truck drivers and stuff okay. like that. All right. Yeah. How about like long distance? Yeah, yeah, long distance relationships, meeting people online, um, outside of the box type of situation. So, like I said, same sex relationships, um, LGBTQ, all of that is going to pop off in the um, in the eleventh house. And this could also they could be promiscuous too because they're friendly. So, you know, the social circle they just right there. 
Yeah, you, you I can never, see that. I can see yeah. that. I could, <laughs> and that could get that could get misconstrued. Like it could get mixed signals. They could be like too so friendly to someone. It could feel like they could come on to you, but they really not. Uh, yeah, it could be that way, or they they could actually sleep with their friends. Yeah. Okay. And or like remain um, really good friends with their exes. Yeah. Their relationships. It's just something alternative about it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like I said, depending on where it is in the chart, where eleventh house or Aquarius or what is aspecting, it could it could indicate all kinds of alternative things. Um, because they could be like voyeurs, like to peep and be watched and. <laughs> It, things of that nature. So some of the <laughs> they don't care. Aquarius kikery. <laughs> they don't care. Okay. Yeah, that could pop off. So yeah, taking pictures and, and filming each other. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm about to say videos. Yeah, that's an Aquarius thing too. But yeah, I mean, um, not an Aquarius, but a Sagittarius thing too. They like video and pictures and stuff too. Mm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna round it up with Pisces, and uh, like Venus is exalted in Pisces, so she loves it there. She's very artistic and very creative, and mm-hmm. he wants to paint, like get butt naked and drink wine and paint each other with blueberry juice type oh, of energy. <laughs> okay, let's go. They're, I like that kind of energy. Right, it's very romantic. Yeah. They want to create a fantasy because mm-hmm. Pisces likes to escape. And, you know, Venus at its highest level, it wants to escape into this picture perfect, mind blowing, sexual, romantic, loving experience. Mm-hmm. So it could be very, very beautiful Dang. there. Very- that's, not like, that's something like I would want. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. Right. And this Venus is also because Pisces is, she's very psychic too, you know? Yeah. Very. Very, all the water signs are going to be super psychic, but Venus is going to be, you know, very in tune to what her um, her mate is is needing and wanting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars doesn't have the strength, you know, it's in a fire sign. Yeah, uh, water sign. So Mars doesn't have as much strength in Pisces, and enough, you know, so far away from Aries where it first starts, it's not doing so bad when you look at it from the Scorpio perspective, but still Mars don't like it there. Mars like to do stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, like, Mars like to cut up. And so, you know, on, on its highest vibration, it could also be very romantic. Again, another dancer, because if you if you throw in an aspect like Neptune, which is the co-ruler of, um, of Pisces and yeah. Mars together, you can get a super dope ballerina like Misty Copeland has some aspects with Venus, I mean, not Venus, but Mars and Neptune mm. creating an illusion going with the flow creating art with your physical body is something that a Mars and Pisces person might do so you know very sexy dancer um, instruments and playing music and things like that poetry is also something that comes from Pisces in the 12th house so they may be like an aggressive poet or an aggressive you know got them loot the lungs type mm. of with them when it comes to expressing their um their love but on its lowest vibration like Pisces is it's again it's escapism so um they 
they cannot be in touch with reality because it's such a beautiful love story. You know, they're going to see the highest vibration of these people. You know, yeah. These energy, it, it does, it sees the beauty in others. But sometimes people aren't living or vibrating in that beauty that that Pisces sees. Oh, okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I want to be with him. I can save him from his drug addiction. But he's not ready to be safe from drug addiction. <laughs> yeah. So that Pisces will keep seeing. I, I see the potential in him. He could be so good. He could be so dope. He could be at this and that. But dude was smoking crack for 20 years. Mm. And still going to ride with him because you see his potential. Yeah. They're going to fall in but, love with that part. Yes. With the potential, not the person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, the lower vibration, it can have a, a tendency to over-romanticize Ooh. a situation. Um, cre- again, create an illusion yeah. about what the situation is. So, but when it's mutual, when it's mutual, it could be so beautiful. But when it's yeah. not, it, martyrdom could be, uh, you could wind up being a martyr for this person, sacrificing yourself completely for your partner. Yeah. That's the toxicness, and yeah, that sounds yeah, like draining. It's really draining. Uh-huh. It's really draining because they could take all that energy and kind of create something with that. Yes, th- yes, they could. Um, but like twelfth house energy, it it doesn't have boundaries. Okay, it just doesn't. So creating boundaries, knowing, saying, okay, you know, I I love intensely, I love beautifully and creatively. But this person isn't creating with me. Okay. I want to create. I don't want to sacrifice my creativity. I don't want to sacrifice the love that I can make. Yeah. As opposed to nursing this wound, you know. So like for for Pisces who keep um, attracting those types of mates, I suggest that they date like um, people in the medical field okay. or people who work in in who who work in like actual secured locations. Um, where you have to have a push code or something, All right. a key code to get into the building, because <laughs> they're they're already they're they're feng shuiing the chart. It's like I'm I'm giving the universe that escapism. I'm cut off from people when I walk through this door that you can't get into if you don't have a key or that you don't know the code. Yeah, you're isolating in a healthy way, as opposed to self isolating from the world. You gotta pay. We gotta yeah. pay for chart settings. So dating caretakers, people who are healthy, people yeah. who are helping other people get healthy, is a is a high vibration for someone with Mars and or Venus in um in the twelfth house or Pisces. Wow. Yeah, I know nothing. I know a little bit about that. I know they have. They just need those boundaries. That's it. Yeah, yeah, they do. But what's unique? I wish I had my. Let me look at. I got some notes in front of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, on um in February on the sixteenth, Venus and Mars are going to meet in in Capricorn at about right. twelve degrees. Don't quote me on a degree. About eleven and twelve degrees, somewhere up in that area. All right. And um, when these two planets to come together, I like to think of them as kind of like a new moon phase. You know, the moon and the sun come together and then they spread apart and the moon, you know, it goes to create this new emotional balance as it goes through the zodiac. So Venus and Mars are coming together 
at this new phase in this new energy in Capricorn and they are going to get to know each other again. So this is going to give us an opportunity to redefine or kind of like do a checkup. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, okay, now I'm, I'm getting ready to have another Venus cycle. What's my love language? What yeah. do I want my long-term love language to be? And then, of course, you know, you want to look through the rest of your chart and see if it's making any aspects. What, another thing that's unique about these two is they're going to stay together mm-hmm. all the way up until they get to Aquarius, which is where they'll go into Aquarius on March 6th. So for all of this time, they're going to be pretty much in a conjunction. Yeah. Venus is, she moves so much faster than Mars. She usually like, they meet up for a day or two and she out. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, catch me if you can. Pretty much. But for them to be, you know, together for such a long amount of time is pretty unique. And I want to point out the North and South node have just transitioned into Scorpio and Taurus. Okay. Ruled by Mars and Venus. And Venus. Ooh. Yeah. So, so relationships that we come into, people that we meet, people that leave our life at this time, no matter how hard it is. Yeah. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. Yeah. Cutting them off. Yes. Yes. Releasing, releasing, so the new can come in. Because let's say. Let's say you're you're walking in a re- you're in a restaurant and you with someone that you just been with for years. Y'all don't love each other no more. It's over and you looking depressed and you just there. Like your energy is just trash right now. It's just yeah. stank energy. And your the wife that you're supposed to have walks into the room and you sitting there emotionally broke, busted, and disgusted. Mm. You're not vibrating on her level. Nope. You done missed your wife messing around with somebody you don't love just because you don't want to hear nobody say nothing. Yeah. So who's bad? Yo bad. I'm bad. Yeah. Yo bad. For just hanging around that and not even moving on. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying kick things to the curb as soon as things aren't flowing because people have problems people grow people change but it's about evolution as a team as a unit yeah and if you if y'all can't do that no more move on respectfully move on move on and if it doesn't have to be like like it doesn't have to have a problem it's just you're not at that level anymore and you just gotta outgrow the people right outgrow them right and and we supposed to grow yeah yeah that's our spiritual journey our emotional journey is about growth and again you know uh you would want you would hope we all want that partner um to to go on this journey with but Mm -hmm. it's like you know some people just got a leg to go with reasons and seasons yeah and after that season is over it's time to move on some seasons are longer than others yeah And it's always in the chart, too. It's always in the chart. <laughs> okay, and while we've been up here, but I want to hit on something else. Um, All right. The different relationship charts. Like, okay. uh, like you've, you've looked through your chart, and then you found your partner, and you looked through their chart, and you found their Venus and their Mars. Yeah. And now you want to see how, how is, uh, how's our relationship going to flow. Yeah, how and is so, it? Yeah, so it's a couple of different charts you can look at, and... The first chart a lot of people want to run to is a synastry chart. 
and the by definition the synastry chart is going to be um it's going to be like the calculation of the distance between planets all right aspects that connect between the different planets based off you know one person's rising sign and you can switch it around however you want and you want to see if different connections are going to be there because some people may like they may have a mars that's not very strong in their chart it could be in cancer in the sixth house so it doesn't have much dignity to it but mm-hmm. you come through and your venus is in cancer right there it could yeah. really light up that mars so you know you want to see if you got connections like that and then you also want to see if you got some incompatibilities you can have yes. the sexiest placements <laughs> in the chart but if your moon is not supported mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that could be a really big problem you know you can have all the venus and pluto and mars and pluto and venus conjunct mars you got but if your moon is sitting over there lonely oh you out yeah. of dust you out in the yeah. cold yeah. and like another thing like the past lives like if you have like a karmic past life mm-hmm. and then it's like kind of that kind of same energy now right right um past life connections can be seen with like saturn connections to mm-hmm. those um to those romance planets and when you when you're looking for past life connections you don't want to just look at mars and venus All you right. also want to look at your fifth house lord the lord mm-hmm. of your fifth house and yeah the lord of your seventh house mm. Right. Look at look at what rules those those two houses and see if there's any connections to the south node or connections to Saturn and um you know especially if you got some retrograde stuff Jupiter retrograde is very important because it's some some spiritual stuff we didn't learn last time that we got to this time wow so if that's one of your romance planets ruling your fifth house or if Sagittarius or Pisces rule your fifth or seventh house or um you know you really got to pay attention to those so whatever's there in those placements you want to add those into the mixes of that venus and mars energy to kind of see what's going to be the personality of your person okay and and also the past life energy it'll tell a whole story yeah and the aspects and you know adding the aspects and ride houses you get a story from it but it's there <laughs> yeah Okay, and with the synastry chart, it kind of tells like what it's like when you meet. Again, you know, is it gonna be sexy? Is it gonna be intense? Is it gonna be fun? Yeah, that's what the synastry is gonna tell. And then after you get past that, you're gonna move to well, you can move to what's called a composite chart. And All right. The composite chart is when you mix the midpoints of each planet. So if your son is in Aries at one degree and my son is in libra at one degree our composite son is going to be in cancer at one degree right smack dab in the middle oh so you take the points and you just hit the middle yes so you go sun for sun mars for mars moon for moon and you just you compose a chart Mm -hmm. based off these two people so it's a very unique chart but it's not it's not a real chart. I don't want to say it's not a real chart, but this it makes, is. It's it makes comp- one chart, right? 
yes it makes one chart when you put the two together but it doesn't have this is going to be the the personality the energy of the relationship all right so the rising sign in that relationship is going to be how people see y'all as a couple all right the moon in a composite chart is going to be the couples uh, how are you emotionally is it is it in a stable sign or is it you know conjunct uranus mm you know those things are going to stay this is going to be an emotionally erratic relationship where's the sun in the chart you know how is venus how is jupiter so it's like as if the relationship was one entity is what the composite chart is going to do and, yeah and then you're going to go to the davison chart and some people want to argue the davison chart because you can actually go there. You can okay. really go there. So um, again, let's say you you born in you born in, in on the East Coast somewhere. Let's say you born in Virginia Beach, Virginia. All right. And your partner is born in on a San Francisco Bay. All right. What the Davidson chart is going to do is going to take your birthday and time and the city and state and your partner's birthday time and city and state and it's going to bring it together smack dab in the middle. Oh. So. Well, so whatever would be in the middle of the United States, you're going to merge the time and go smack down in the middle. It creates a birthday and time in a city and state for the actual couple. That's the first time I heard that one. Oh, for real? Okay, yeah, yeah David's in charge. It's just like it sounds. But yeah, it's, it's based off birth data. Oh, okay. it is based off planet, planet placement. But mm-hmm. Davidson is based off actual birth data. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you read it, you know, the same way to kind of see what the, the theme of the relationship is, what the relationship is going to need to thrive and to, to blossom. Because even if it's if it's so-called jacked up, yeah. even if it has all kinds of squares and, and oppositions, squares make things spicy. Yeah. Yeah, squares are... <laughs> Um, Aries an opportunity for growth okay. because the planets are at least touching, you yeah. know, at least making a connection to each other. And so, just because it's a square doesn't mean that you can't learn to work with it. You know, if it's communication, okay, let's say it's a water energy who's not emotionally mature with theirs. Mm-hmm. Learn to be. Learn to be. Learn yeah. how. Right. You, if you have the tools, if you didn't know, okay, but now you know. Yeah. So work at it. That's what a square is. You could even look at it like a stepping stool. Yeah. Some people don't know how to work through it. Right. But it's it's gotta take with with squares, especially in a composite or Davidson chart, both people gotta wanna work through it. Like, okay, we got a Mercury square to our to our um, moon. Somebody's not talking about their emotions. Ooh. Okay. Right. Yeah, we, we ain't got to overthink it. But we, we got to know that emotional, like we, we may not communicate with our emotions sometimes. So if Boojank is in the corner and quiet, know that that's something that we got to work on. So you can't say, why aren't you talking to me? It's like, okay, I noticed you quiet. It's yeah. about approach. Yeah, it's approach. approach. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's and then the last chart I'm going to bring up is is I, I, that's this big daddy okay this chart i want to look at this one when when someone's like okay wildflower i think i done found my soulmate and mm-hmm. we about to take that stroll we about to jump the broom 
Yeah. Oh, no. And this is this is a, a Vedic a Vedic technique. It's, it's called your D9 chart. And this I don't I'm not a Vedic or a sidereal astrologer at all. I dabble with a couple of the techniques, but this is the only <laughs> the only <laughs> Vedic chart that I feel like bring it. I, I I'm comfortable with it. Okay. Okay. And so just real quick, a def, the definition of what a D9 chart is is based off the if you, if you made a chart out of your ninth house. Okay. Let's put it like that. And so the ninth house in astrology represents an area of higher learning and connection to higher self. If you want to reach your higher self, if you know how to work these aspects, you know how to work these planets, you could go to your ninth house Lord and talk to your higher self. Mm. So, you know, it's the window to what you, what your soul was, was sent to do in this incarnation. And so there's techniques and methods that you can compare your D nine chart with your partner's natal chart and also your D9 chart with the partner's D9 chart. So you crisscross it mm-hmm. a few different ways and there's point systems that you can create and based off the the connections that you have from D9 to natal, you can really see if this person is your partner. That's very interesting. Is that because what I'm getting now is that it's like that, I don't know, Draconal, draconic. Chart. Oh, okay. The draconic chart. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. The difference between the draconic and the D nines. The the D nine again. It's it's your higher self, what you're okay. trying to get to. All right. And the draconic chart is your past life. It, like it's rumored to be the actual chart of your soul. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Right, right. And so the natal chart is just the casing yeah. that your, your soul chose to come through here and, and then the next chart is D9 mm. and I yeah cause I see okay cause the Vedic is like that too okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can also look for past life connections with the um, with the draconic you can mm-hmm. do a symmetry with that and see if y'all have met before yeah techniques. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that, and that's what I was looking at with the Vedic. It was like, that's like the chart I was going towards. Because mm-hmm. look, I looked at the progressive chart, mm-hmm. and it kind of aligned with the Vedic chart. Right. Um, the difference between calculation with, with Vedic and, and um, tropical is about 23 degrees. Mm-hmm. So if you take your um, natal chart and you move it towards the 12th house... Like okay. Backwards. Yeah, backwards. backwards. Yes. Take backwards. Yeah. Right. And and that's that's pretty much your your Vedic chart or your sidereal chart. So um, it can resonate. Some people think that it you know they resonate with it and and things of that nature. I, I personally don't resonate with it as much, but I don't deny its validity at all. And some mm-hmm. of the to- some of the techniques with the yogas and and um like predictions and the things are, yeah some of those are um I, I can't do it with the regular techniques i gotta go use those yeah it's a mm-hmm. it's a whole nother <laughs> yeah i right i um resonate with both of them mm-hmm. but i like move more towards the vedic i'm like because i'm a gemini mm-hmm. and my moon is leo i'm like that makes sense mm-hmm like as you, as I grow, I see those aspects. Gotcha. More. Mm-hmm. Well, um, 
astrology aspects if you got strong connections between um, Mercury and Uranus mm-hmm. and like with Vedic I would kind of see if I had some Saturn mixed in there somewhere yeah. and kind of you know might help you hone into what like what type of astrology you might want to study or focus on because it's so much you know you can get lost and never master anything uh, yeah <laughs> I kind of took a step back from from even looking at it like Mhm. Mhm. Like, uh, I like kind of just know and just like just rolling with what I know. Mhm. That's how I felt. And I, I didn't mention, but I gotta mention Kyline. When it comes to, especially when it comes to the, the falling in in love, the mature love. Okay. Chiron is really, really important because it's the wounded healer. All right. And nothing heals a wound better than love. Ooh. So when, if you meet a partner who's like Sun or Venus or Mars or Moon connects to your Chiron, that doesn't mean that that person is going to hurt you, especially if you, you know, you didn't wise up. You mm-hmm. did, you're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you done did when you done grew a little bit that Chiron is like you you learn some lessons so the wound is ready the wounded is ready to be the healer Chiron can bring love in at That's another, yeah I, I never looked at it like that that's mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. that's very interesting and like even if like the Chiron is like your Venus you could probably help them with love too yes yes um like depending on you know where Venus is, what Venus chart, yeah. I would it could be some some issues with relationships or people not returning emotions or feelings and you know things of that nature. Just depending on where she is, but in the end, that Venus can heal people through beauty, through art, through some type of creativity or creative expression. Mm-hmm. But you know the best teacher is experience. Like, yeah, it is about um, money. Um, unless you have been, you can't talk to me about building a business unless you started with no money. You yeah. know, do it yeah. from the bottom up. Or I want personal experience, not just I read this. Yeah, I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I always, well, I always suggest because they could do um, people could do things what they want to stay away from the South Node. In like their rising sun and moon. She said, "Stay away from the south node rising yeah. sun and moon." You like say my south node. I meet someone. My south node is like um, Libra, and then I run into someone who their rising is probably that. Would that be like a lesson or? Well, I wouldn't say stay away from the south node because some people do say that. Oh, you got to live completely in your north node. I mm-hmm. say it's about balance. Yeah. Because the South Node, there's so many gifts there. There's so many gifts from, that's where the gifts from the past life are. Yeah. Is the South Node. So you, you got to embrace what was dope about the South Node. Yeah. It, it, you get to kind of get to pick. You know, you can, when it comes to Libra, the compassion, take that, but leave the codependency. Mm. You know, take yeah. the 
creativity and the the ability to communicate harmoniously with others and lead the the need to people please yeah and work well with each other yes it's so many things about libra that you can pick out and say um okay yeah this is dope and this ain't because aries is very spontaneous very impulsive yeah yeah (laughs) they are so you gotta like balance it out you gotta balance yeah. out within yourself. But right. like, say if someone doesn't, not aware of that, and they gotta work through some things, they gonna learn. Yes, yes, you, you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn. And and um, and I will say, staying away from your moon is the worst thing to do. Stay away from your moon. Yes, staying away from your moon because that's your emotional support. Yeah. Because if. Like I said earlier, your Venus can be popping, Mars is popping, but what that moon do? Ooh. You know, is that moon? Is, is the moon supported? Is that's your, that's that's what you need for emotional security. And human beings, that's the goal. That's the main thing: emotional security. Because we can get that Venus and Mars popping all up in the eighth house. But yeah. It, it, the sex is great, but then you left me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I Right. If the moon is in in a you know um what in an air sign, we just had super dope sex, but now you don't want to talk. <laughs> you just you want to get up and leave. Right. So so if you are you said you're a Gemini, like how would you feel about that? Yeah. That would that wouldn't be. That's not love. That's not love. Nah. It depends how you feel. It depends how I feel towards that person. Um. Like that, if it's like a deep connection, mm-hmm. then I want more. But if I'm understanding that it's just sex, then I'll probably detach and just and admit, do that. Your moon is not emotional, emotionally supported. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have yeah. a serious moon, that might work. Some type of relationship where there's no, there's not much communication. Like y'all yeah. can in and be out. Okay, cool. But let's say you, you're a Libra moon. You like mm-hmm. to talk with your partner. Yeah, a Libra moon, and you're a Libra moon, but you got Venus and Mars and Scorpio. Yeah, so you you have this intense sexual need and urge, and it's met, but your emotional need is to talk. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the moon, um, moon compatibility. I mean, if you're just talking about dating, fun, having sex, let's go with Mars or Venus. But okay, you're talking about. Let's form. Let's form something. Let's build something. We gotta talk about the moon. The moon. Mm-hmm. The moon yeah. compatibility. Yes. Yes. In the D nine chart, the moon is the first planet that you want to see. Is it supported? Because mm-hmm. everything else, everything else can be worked with. Yeah. You know, even sex. Sex can be worked on. It's like okay, slow down, speed up, left, right. You know, you can give directions. Especially if everybody's emotionally mature, yeah, you can, you can talk that out. Yeah, you can, you can talk your partner into going on a trip or even staying home and finding some stuff at home to do that's fun. Yeah, There's so many things that can so be talked and worked out. Yeah. But emotional support. Ooh. Yes. What about? Because I'm like I'm thinking about the attraction too. I'm like, all right, the attraction. That's physical. Yeah. Like that's, no, that's like primal. the like that's the primal. um. No, like, the, like sometimes it's like energetic attraction. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I guess that's that moon, that energetic that, attraction. That could be that could be moon, but the Mars give off physical energy too. You know, yeah. moon compatibility is very very important. Mm-hmm. It's it's more important because, like I said, Mars Venus stuff can be taught. It can yeah. be learned. It can be adapted to, but moon stuff. Your, your feelings, your gut feelings, what what you need for safety and what you need to feel warm on the inside, that's got to be taken care of. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people ignore that. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Mars and Venus is going to tell me how to have fun. That's going to tell me how to, you know, get kinky and turn you on and all of that. What to wear on the first date. Mm-hmm. That's going to tell me how we fight and how we make up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what that does. That moon sign. Yes, that moon sign. What How? What do you need for emotional support, emotional mm-hmm. security? What's going to make you feel like home is okay? Yeah. And that Mercury, too, is, is key because their communication style. Right, right. Like in the 1800s, if you went to a party and said, what's your sign? They're going to tell you their Mercury sign. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because like the sun is just your ego. It's, yeah. It, it has a purpose. I don't want to say just your ego. But uh, how you see yourself is how you conduct yourself. But your Mercury? Oh. Yeah. Your Mercury. That's how you think. That's how you process information, how you communicate with people. That's how you wonder. Yeah. That's what you're curious about. That's how you that's think. What, yeah, that you can't dis you can't discard none of it. No, and that's why, like, um, it, it could go deeper. It's really important because mm-hmm. some people might not want to text every day. Some people mm-hmm. might want to just because they're Mercury and they're thinking. Right, right. If if Mercury is even making a connection to one of those planets, especially if it's making a connection to the moon. Yeah. Communicating regularly. Is important to that part. That's what makes that person feel secure. Mm. It's a community. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, if we're not going to judge the tourists for having a whole bunch of placements and, you know, wanting stuff, we mm-hmm. can't judge, you know, the Gemini or the, the Libra for wanting that text. That communication. You know, that, that communication. That's what makes them feel secure. That's what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. It's just a conversation. Yeah. And then it, then they get, I guess they get, I guess, slander for wanting that communication. And they... Well, I would... It, they, they get with in, incompatible people. And yeah. That, it's like, you know, um, you have to ask or you have to say, okay, my love language is, is, is communication. So I'm big on communication and be realistic. Do you like daily text messages? Do you like text messages throughout the day? Or do you just like a phone call at the end to wrap everything up? Mm-hmm. You know, like which one you like? Yeah. <laughs> be realistic with, with yourself and and know, you know, people got jobs. Can't nobody sit up on the phone with you all day long. No. Nope. <laughs> so, but be realistic. And if communication is important, say that. Yeah. Say that. And, but your partner has to be realistic and be like, look, you know, I don't want to talk. Yeah. You know, they could be, they, they, Mercury could be in, in Aquarius or it could be in, in Capricorn where they're mm-hmm. thinkers or slow to want to approach the communication. Mm-hmm. They may not need to talk to you every day. Yeah. And see me, I'm an entertainer. I'm Leo. So I'm 
if I'm into someone, I'm making jokes, I'm sending things, like, mm-hmm. if we're on that vibe and sending flirtatious things, sending, mm-hmm. like, it'll be that kind of vibe. It'll be entertaining. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And if I come across someone who doesn't like that, it's like, hmm. <laughs> right? Because that's how you, that's how you express your fun, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's just like, you know, some people don't like to dance. And that's, nope. if that's all you doing is dancing, then we, what we gonna do? Yeah. We can't do much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it lightens the load. Like, okay, y'all like to talk? Okay, it would have been dope. Yeah. But don't waste your time and hurt your feelings sitting up waiting on a text message from a non communicator. <laughs> Be like days later. Um, right. Hello. <laughs> and it's really not personal, but you completely in your feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's just about, and, and that's for all the signs emotional maturity, letting people know what what it is that we expect out of relationships and want out of relationships mm-hmm. but we got to know that about ourselves first. yes yeah like can you can we really be with this person and at first like know what you want know what you like mm-hmm. and don't settle for the other stuff yeah yeah don't think you can change someone oh you don't change someone yeah that's just that's a waste of your that's a waste of your time and your you're messing up your energy and having to heal from stuff. So when you do meet your right person, <laughs> you are jacked up and stank empty. You got to heal. Yeah. Torturing people for stuff that they didn't do. So, yeah. We, cre- we create a lot of damage in our love life by not listening to ourselves. Yeah, listen to our intuition. Yeah. And that's, that's also going to be your mood. You know, your gut doesn't have the capacity to lie to you. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing in the universe that does not have the capacity to lie to you. So if you honor yourself, honor your emotions, honor mm-hmm. your comments, God gives sense. Yeah. Yeah. A whole lot of us wouldn't have made a whole lot of mistakes that we made. <sighs> yeah, I'm thinking back. Look, I'm thinking back all the stuff. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, I should have left that. <laughs> but now nah, you was trying. They was going through some things. If you met somebody and they was going through some things, that's a low vibration. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make a commitment with a low vibration? Or enter a commitment with a low vibration? No, that brings you down. Right. And yeah, that's something else that I got to throw in. Especially, you know, for the single people. If mm-hmm. you're trying to meet someone new and you keep running into the same type of energy over and over again. The only common denominator is you. Is you. So we gotta we gotta figure out where were we vibrating when we met these people. Yeah. Were we were we lonely? Were we just horny? <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, it's, for real. Just, you know, where where were you? What were you doing? Because if you just meet somebody when you're horny and y'all hook up and it's one night stand or you link up on the first date again no judgment that's it but that's what you gonna that's the that's the tone that the inner that the relationship is set on yeah and leave it at that right don't look for more right (laughs) right don't try to turn that into no housewife (laughs) and and so but if you if you're conscious with it like you didn't did some work 
Yeah. And you know, did some healing, and it's like, okay, you know, I think I'm ready to try again. Yeah. And out of loneliness, this is a, this is about okay. I'm so dope. Somebody else need to experience this yeah. type of energy. Then go ahead and meet somebody. You know, put up your little dating profile, or you know, return a phone call. Do whatever it is to attract a, a partner that your fifth house say to do. And I'm guaranteeing that will upgrade the caliber of people that you start attracting. Yeah. yeah. It definitely will. Yeah. Fix your vibe. And thank you for this. Thank you for you being on the show. Yeah, this is I learned a lot. Fun. This is so much fun. Thank you. I learned a lot. Especially that D9 chart. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, look into it. Um, it. It's it's an amazing technique. Even just looking at your own personal um, D nine chart is mm-hmm. is an absolute treat. Like when I looked at mine, I was like, "Dang, she dope!" Like yeah. I, I'm about to do this, you know. So it it kind of helps you set some more goals for yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. The high and that was the higher self, right? That's like the higher self. Yes, yes, that's the higher self. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to definitely look into that. Okay. Do you have anything else? No. Um, well, I okay. guess you, that's enough. I could go on for hours. But yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's all my notes for yes. today. Yeah. <laughs> we might do another episode. Yeah. Shoot. Let me know. Let me know. I will. I will. But thank you for listening. And, and we'll definitely be back with more astrology, love and sex and spirituality stuff. All right. All right. Um, and if anybody's interested in a reading, you can find me on Facebook at Bronda Johnson or you can go to my website wildflowertheastrologer.com. Yes. Yes, he's really really good. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is fun. You're welcome. It was fun. All right. All right. See.